Bum-ba-da-dum. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of a sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. Turn them off. Good afternoon, evening, morning, whatever time of day it is for you good people. We are back. The kids wear crowns.com. Please visit. Get you some merch. Sorry about that. Good job. <laughs> hey, I live a real life, okay? Sometimes the phone rings. Anyway, we are here to discuss episode three, which is entitled Dark Uncle. Which, by the way, it's um a pretty bad episode title. I was like, I was like, what the hell is a dark uncle? Like, <laughs> but but that is explained later, so we'll get to that. I was gonna say she told you what it is. Which you're right. Well, now just flip through the guy. It's like dark uncle. What? Just looking at it from the from the preview. If you just saw the title, you'd be like, yeah, I don't know what this is. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to the um, reason for it. So what we thought would be best for this particular episode is to kind of break it up, and instead of giving you a a minute by minute synopsis. We're going to kind of break it up into the three main stories. And they include Ralph, of course. Then we've got, what is his name? Crazy man. Jack. Yeah. Yeah, the, the worst, the worst <laughs> detective got, um, in history of detectiving. And, and I think it's it's so weird that not only is it that he's bad, he's like, he's really mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just, he's he's one of those police officers that we've seen unfortunately, over the last few years that has several marks on his record, but he's still gainfully employed by the police department. Now, is he GBI or is he just a detective? No, he is. And and, and, and I cannot stress this enough. Not only is he a detective, he works for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the state <laughs> police. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. Georgia Bureau of Investigation, which is the state police. <laughs> police. So Yoon, Jack, Tamika, Ralph, all of them are GBI. Right. Okay, gotcha. All right. So we start with Eunice at the crime scene. And Eunice sees, they're, they're pretty much bagging and tagging all of the evidence that they can find. So he finds the clothes that Bizarro Terry was wearing at the strip club. I'm calling him Bizarro Terry because at this point, I believe he is the, well, he, it's clear he's the one. He's had, he had blood all over his face, so he's the one that committed the murder. They bag everything, and they tag everything, and Eunice goes to Ralph to talk to him about what he found. Before they have that meeting, we see Ralph at his son's grave, and it shows us that his son died maybe two or three years ago, if we're in present time, and he yeah, had yeah. turned 15? Yeah, yeah, that's that's accurate. So he's having, still having a very hard time processing and he's still grieving, which is reasonable. I mean, you don't just get over it in a day. It also appears that his son was dying. So it's it's not like he just, something happened, it was a freak accident and he had to, he dealt with it. It's He knew that it was coming over a long period of time. And I can't say what is worse, but I'm sure that was hard in itself because you're yeah, it the whole time the child is dying and then you have to process the death too. Um, Tamika is back. Um, she's on crutches, but she's back. And they ask her about her baby. She's fine. She gets annoyed with Jack. And Jack's like, well, I've got to go to this crime scene and, and do what nobody else can do, pretty much. And she's like, well, somebody has to do it, Jack. Like, just relax. Just relax. Okay. 
Jack will go ahead and get through his storyline. Jack, no, we'll go back to him because he ends it. We'll go back to Ralph. Ralph goes to talk to Eunice and they discover that not only were all these things left there, he finds that there is a uh, deteriorated um, print on that buckle that we saw in the in the video from the strip club that Bizarro Terry was wearing. So, now, so two two important details about that about that fingerprint. One is still the fingerprint of Terry Maitland, but two, which is the most interesting part of it. It's the fingerprint of what would be an 80-year-old Terry Maitland, which is weird considering that Terry Maitland is dead. And color me ignorant, I should have known, but I never even thought about the fact that your prints deteriorate over time. Well, I, I won't even say deteriorate, that they come less pronounced over right, time. Right, right, right. I just didn't, I just, it's just not something I thought about. You know what I mean? Like, I knew you could... I guess in a in a sense take them off so I should have known like you can cut your pad the pads of your fingers off right so you won't have a prints but yeah like you have that same signature forever but it just starts to like slowly like diminish on right and it makes sense because yeah, you watch your hands so much you do so much with your hands I just didn't I just didn't think about it so it was, that's actually kind of cool to know so like you said they're thinking this is like an eighty year old Terry which makes zero not yeah. at all and you and Ralph are like, what is happening? This this makes no sense. Let's pull in. Oh, before that, before we get that, yeah, before we get there, let's not let's go back to the clothes. Oh, the clothes, the the buckle. Um, they were saying that the buckle is something. Of course, the one that they found, but they were like, it could have been anybody's. And like again, that's where they found the print. The clothes themselves were the same clothes that he had on, and they found some kind of liquid which they thought was semen. But found out later that it is not. It's an indistinguishable, like, like substance. It's um quite viscous. It's they thought it was semen. It's not semen. They thought it was the fluid of an animal. They thought it was motor oil. <laughs> the, um, the the lab can't figure out what it is. Nothing. And they and they're trying. And it has some kind of weird signature, right? Like a when they looked at it, I guess when they looked at it over, at, under a black light, it looks strange. Yeah, it so they're still testing. Yeah, it's, it's it's nothing they've ever seen before. And just to jump ahead, it's it's definitely whatever that he whatever the person spit on the back of Jack's neck, right? That's what it is. Right. Right. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I'm thinking that's what it is. That's that's. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll 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 get to that. So. You and Ralph decide, okay, let's just bring in everybody. Let's bring in Howie. Let's bring in Alec. Let's bring in, let's just bring everybody together so we can figure out what the heck is going on. Because Ralph at this point just wants to drink. He's like, if we want to exonerate your guy talking to Howie, then the truth is the only way to really do it. And there's no way I can do it if every time we talk, you want me, what do you say, crawling on glass, begging for your pop. So in a way, to me, it's kind of, it's almost like, how dare you? Because I, I get that Ralph's trying to get to the truth. But it's almost like, hey, it's, hey, I know I did whatever, but get over it. Let's move on. But you ruined this man's legacy and kind of got him killed. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't mean, you didn't mean to, but it happened. You <laughs> like, definitely got him killed. Yeah. You got him killed. So you got him killed. 
Nas kids can't go back to school. Glory is kind of a pariah. You set off a lot of things and you just expect people to just be like, oh, okay, you meant well, but you didn't. That is what you meant to, you meant for that to happen. You just didn't know you were wrong or potentially wrong. Who knows? I don't know. Um, they get together and they say, okay, fine. Let's bring in, um, we're going to have to go to Dayton. To get to the bottom of this, we're going to have to start at Dayton because the prints in the vehicle that was stolen in Dayton, Ohio, have the old Terry prints in them too. And they're like, well, you know Terry flew back and forth. So somebody had to drive the vehicle from Dayton. And you know it couldn't have been Terry because he's on a plane. And this, and, this is, and this is when you could start to see Ralph saying like, okay, I I mean, I I think he really had that feeling before, but at this moment he's like, okay, I definitely know it's not Terry, even though it's because we 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 now know that our Terry, who is currently deceased, and the other prince of the of the Pizarro Terry, we 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 are now starting to distinguish that we have two different people here, so we know at least that much now. Right. So they match, but they don't at the same time. It is so creepy in a cool way, but not if you're you know. If you're on trial for murder. Not if you're Terry Maitland. It's not <laughs> right. Old or new. <laughs> Alec, Alec suggests that they get Holly Gibney. And that's where Cynthia's character comes in. Okay. Alec calls Holly and, and requests an in-person meeting. And she makes it clear that she doesn't fly. They show Ralph again. And he's now at his therapy session. Which he does not want to be at. He does not want therapy. Though he needs it. Badly. And he starts to talk to his therapist and he's like, I know what you're doing. You just sit there quietly and make the person just start spilling their guts and pretty much saying, you know, it's not going to work on me, but it does. And the therapist asks, okay, well, how are you? How, how is everything at home, you know, with your wife? And Ralph says, oh, we're good. We're always good, except for that time we weren't. And he's like, well, what, you know, the therapist kind of asked him to go into it. And he says, well, I thought for a good six months we weren't going to make it. And when the therapist asked why, he says it's because we were dealing with the death of a child. Because some people make it, some people don't. That's just fact. And that's a difficult thing to deal with together. But they survived. And the therapist asked him, well, what were you doing in that time when you thought you wouldn't make it? And they show a flashback of Ralph sitting at a bar. And then there's a fight in the background. Ralph goes to jump into it, it appears to break up the fight. But one of the guys pushes Ralph and then Ralph loses it completely and starts pounding on a the dude they break it up and he only goes back to the bar to grab and finish his drink he doesn't share that with the therapist because he says let's just keep it at why i'm here which of course is because of the shooting and all that good stuff i'm gonna say that's why he's there right because they he's on leave yeah yeah that's he's why he's a grief counselor or a trauma counselor right okay so now um they meet with holly and she shows her skill we can see what she can do already because she's naming cars model types engine types as they ride by at her window creepy then alex speaks to her about a baseball game and she recalls in great detail the pictures who relieved the pictures the score the date all that good stuff because he's trying to impress ralph they sit down and holly goes through the file and she's like i need this 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 okay no i'll take care of that that's my job and he she suggests that maybe terry has a doppelganger which the swiss call bump it up a dark uncle. Uh, the, yeah, the dark. <laughs> yeah. So. So what? What are you? What are you doing over there? What? What are you guys doing over there? Calling people, like calling lookalikes, dark uncles. <laughs> well, I've got to be. Dark. What's going on here? <laughs> going on over there in Sweden. 
so um Ralph is just kind of like okay what else? like you can you can see that there's vis- there's visible irritation but he's he's handling it well because it could just be his face he's kind of got like resting bitch face he does and he says I'm I have no tolerance for the unexplainable and Holly says well then sir you have no tolerance for me and then she talks about how she had been in tests since she was four years old because she can ride by a building while in a car and tell you within six inches how tall the building is she can recite the lyrics of all the rock and roll songs from 19 something to present and tell you about their billboard charts but she hates height she doesn't listen to music so none of it makes sense and she went through all these tests and by the time she was eight she said all of the doctors said and i quote fuck if i know so (laughs) Ralph asks, well, your parents allowed them to do this to you? And Holly's taken aback for a second because she's, you know, like, well, they were scared. They were just trying to find a cure. And he said, a cure for being yourself. And she got up and she was like, I need to go upstairs. So she was walking away. She came back and told Ralph, you don't like to drink, but you were doing it for my benefit. And I thank you for it. So she left. And it kind of like, to me, it kind of showed that they, in a way, understood each other. Or at least. Yeah, because I. Because I was about to say, this this actually makes me like Ralph's character more because you see this thing happen with these shows where you'll have the um, the quirky, even almost like on the spectrum detective um, and, and they poked and prodded and, and, and shunned and made fun of because of their abilities. But, you know, there's always some guy like, oh, we have to bring them in because they're brilliant but they're crazy but but rap was like you know what like i like recognize you as a person because um to get off subject for a second like i'm, I'm currently watching um hannibal <laughs> so, oh, Lord. so so yeah like the way that yeah is that still on or you're watching old episodes no no it's it's well it's like it was only three seasons because they got canceled oh, okay. but Okay. Yeah. So that's and the way that Will Graham is treated in that show, I'm just kind of like, yeah, all right. (laughs) It's not that deep. Like you don't have to be a jackass. Yeah. But it it was. I'm with you. It was cool because there was like a, it was like a I see you moment, and I hate to be cliche, but that's what it felt like, and it felt like that for both of them. Like she could see that he was trying, and he could see that this is just who she is. Right. That's just what it is. Like we're gonna roll with it. She's not pretending. She's not putting on. She's not scamming. This lady is is this, and she she shouldn't be disrespected or shunned or mistreated because this is who she is. And I, I really appreciated that, like you said, because it just because he didn't have to do it, but he did, and I'm glad he did. Um, so Glory wakes up and <laughs> and Jessa is staring at her. Um. I have a child, and that has happened to me before, and it is mad creepy. Like, it's, it's just really weird, because the first thing you think of is, one, what's wrong, and two, how long have you been there? Yeah, how long have you been there? And why didn't you say something? <laughs> you could have, you wake me up all the time, why didn't you do it today? But anyway, Jessa says, um, I need you to find the man who hurt daddy. And Glory's like, Ralph Anderson? She said, I don't know the name, the sad looking one. I need to talk to him because I have a message from the man. She's like, what man? So Glory, in my opinion, does does right. She calls Ralph and Ralph brings his wife along so that they can talk about her. Glory's like, I'm not here 
to do anything other than ease my child's mind. She said she needs to talk to you, so talk to her, but dismiss it pretty much. Like, whatever this nonsense is, don't feed into it. Just let her know that it's not, there's not a boogeyman pretty much. So they talked to her for a little while and um, they say, well, tell me about this dream. And she's like, it wasn't a dream. I've said that 10 times. And she says the man won't come back if she tells Ralph to stop. And if he doesn't stop, something very bad will happen. Ralph asks what will happen. And Glory's like, nope, not doing it. Nope. Let's go. And abruptly just ends it. And she's like, thanks a lot for nothing. Because that's not what I asked you to do. Well, Jeannie, who's Ralph's wife, steps in and tells her how their son, Derek, would have bad dreams. And if they indulged him, then after a while, he just worked through it for himself. And so Gloria allowed Jeannie to talk to her daughter. And she found out that the man has appeared to her four times. Um, the first time he looked like daddy, but he wasn't. His skin was wrong and he was mean. The second time he was a little like daddy, but he was messy. His face was blurry like someone tried to erase it. Now, to me, I'm getting to the point now where he's, it feels like he's losing the the tether was. Because yeah. what, what, what I gather is um, he, he takes on the shape and form of people, but he can only keep that form. Because what's the last clue that the daughter gave out? She said the last time he was more muscly and looked inky. Which is, which is why I'm starting to believe that he's now taking the form of Jack. Yes. And now the thing that made me think that, too, is because one, Jack is pretty fit. But I was trying to see if he had any tattoos because she said inky. That's what made me think, you know, of course, I was thinking tattoos. I'm wondering, does he have any? And he might. I don't know. I've just never paid him any attention. Um, so she says she doesn't want to have the come. She's tired of talking because, you know, Jeannie's like, well, is he mean to you? Are you afraid of him? And she's like, I'm not afraid of him. Uh, Ralph is the one that's but, but he to should be. Like, yeah, he he. I'm good, but Ralph, <laughs> Ralph yeah. might want to, you know, stay away. So Ralph says, "Well, if if he has anything to say, he can just tell me." And she's like, "Yeah, I don't think you want that." Yeah, you, 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 that ain't what that ain't what you want now, Ralph. <laughs> she was so clear. She's like, "No, I don't think you. I don't know about that, Ralph." Such, such clarity for a little girl to be like, nah, no, nah, you, you, nah, you don't want to entertain that. She's like wise, right? Because she's right. like, I'm not afraid of him. He just makes me angry. But you, on the other hand, mm, you might want to stay away. Um, they show Holly in Dayton, and um, she's in the hotel that they stayed in, and it looks now that she has some kind of is it clairvoyance? I guess you could call it. Because she okay, I, I'm trying to read it to see if it's like maybe clairvoyance or or just like a very like acute sense of of just filling out a like space and maybe like mm -hmm. a sense. So you don't think so? You think it's more so this is her imagination, not necessarily what really happened. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, I'm so with that. Far. that makes I, I, I do know you, you said the, the character Claire Gibney may have some type of clairvoyant ability, so I guess we will see. It'll be cool to see. So she um, sets up some, it looks like some little, some little I call them totems, but they were like, um, what's a better word for them? Little statues? Is totems a good word? Yeah, they were... Um... Well, they they were um they were some type of statues and they were um and she had one candle the um what am I trying to say? Uh, 
is 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 the candle that you see in like um like I I I can't I can't remember, but but yeah, I know I've seen I've seen that candle somewhere before. It's you you think it's like for voodoo or something? I, Maybe. I don't know. I don't think it may not be voodoo. It may just be a candle. I don't know. Yeah. It it's, it looked like a particular candle though, like a the, the candle. The candle has significance though, so please let us know what's what's the significance of the candle. Because I know y'all know. Um, so she she's standing out at at the place where the <laughs> the barbecue place is. I'm assuming, and she sees a mall security camera. Andy pulls up, and he she find, Holly finds out that he is the head of mall security, and he tells her that the footage is erased every five days. But he still wants to help her. He's trying his best to help her out. You know, I've got a friend here, or I've got this person. Did you check with the police department and all of this good stuff? And She's saying that she um she doesn't think there'll be much help, but you know, thanks for that. Thanks. So he says, let's change business cards, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, hey, is he getting, getting, getting fresh now, ain't you? You trying, you trying to chew? Because he was already looking at her when she was standing up looking at the camera, and you know, he whipped that car around pretty quickly once he was right. like, now that you got me, how can you can I help? Like, oh, okay, get you some, Holly. Doubt if she will, but she might. She might. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Jeannie goes by to check on Glory, and Glory starts to tell Jeannie how good Dad Terry was, and they kind of bond over their grief because she asks, you know, how do you get past it? And Jeannie tells her, you don't. You just you don't. And they sit in silence for a while. Um, Holly then goes to the facility to meet with Pete Maitland, which is Terry's father. Now this is where things get really interesting. Because the receptionist asks Holly, tells like she starts kind of talking to him. She's like, he's not gonna recognize you anyway. He's been having a you know a hard time at it. And then she she mistakes Holly for a reporter. And she's mm-hmm. like, I thought I had seen the last of you guys. And there have been a lot of reporters here to question Pete, police also. So now I'm thinking, for what? Like that's that's weird, but it happens. So um, Holly has become comfortable with Ralph and she calls him to kind of give him an update. It's not much, but she still just calls him because she tells him every night, ever so often or every now and then I like to hear the voice of somebody that's on my side. And that was sweet. Like it was a, a nice moment because it shows that just very quickly she already, she, she trusts him pretty much. Um, and yeah. that is... That pretty much wraps up the story with them. Um, the last thing we see is that Holly is looking or trying to find why there will be police at the hospital. And that's where we find that she sees a man who worked at the hospital is accusing of killing w- killing a set of sisters, the Williams sisters. And this is the man we see that is in prison. His name is Martin, we said it was. Yeah. Okay. So, so we looked on IMDb previously because we're like they had to mention the guy's name. The actor name is is Martin Bradford. The character's name is Martin Bradford. So yeah, we're gonna go with Martin Bradford. It's one of the two, y'all. So just work with it, okay? Um, Martin's in jail. Wait, well, in prison? Jail? Prison? It's prison. He's in prison. Yeah, and let's assume he, prison. You see a new wave of prisons come in there's a new guy a tall white guy comes in 
and you see Martin immediately take the lens out of his glasses and start sharpening it. Later on, he gets a letter from a cop, one of the um, corrections officers, and it's a death threat. And it says something to the effect of, we're going to get you child killer or something like that. And um, he asked the cop, well, don't you guys usually screen the mail for something like this? And the cop says, oh, it, it must have got through. Some kind, some kind of way it got through. And I'm like, oh, gosh, you're going to die. Of, of course, of course. You're going to die. So he continues to sharpen his shank from his glasses. Um, night falls, and the cop, or a cop, you see him unlock Martin's cell, and you see him unlock somebody else's. You see the new prisoner walk by, and keep in mind, I'm sorry I missed this part, but you saw him earlier pull a shank out of his leg. It was one yes, of the yes. most oh, yes. in my I life. Forgot, I forgot about that. I pushed that memory so far to yeah. the back of my mind that you just reminded me of that. But <laughs> But much like much like um a non biotic Robocop, he pulls a weapon out of his own leg. Um I yeah. I keep pulled it out like it had been there for a while because I don't I don't know. It was just it was gross. And he goes to Martin's cell with his shank. Martin says, No, you don't get to do this. And the white guy, the you know, the prisoner that's about to kill him says, To hell I don't. And then Martin takes the shank that he's created and slits his own throat with it. It was a lot. It was hard to watch. It happened. And then yeah, the guy, the prisoner, yeah, the new prisoner just walked out, closed the cell. That's the end of it. Was, um, it was like, it was like, well, my job's done here. I know, right? We're, we're, job is, I mean, done is dead is dead. Yeah. Now Jack. <laughs> Jack, after he's done harassing the strippers, because that's what Jack does. He goes to the crime scene and promptly pees on the ground. Right, let me let me just interject here. So so like I said, let me just reiterate this. Georgia Bureau of Investigations. I just want to put that out there. Just <laughs> one more time. <laughs> Jack is the this worst. Is, Jack does is, not want to be. This is the this is the finest that your <laughs> taxpayer money can produce. Georgia's finest. Now keep in mind. Jack is also pissed because he had to come back to work. He's supposed to be on vacation, so he's still salty about that. Now he's mad because he has to go to the crime scene, which he says is going to be, excuse me, empty and cleaned out by the time he gets there. So this is, Tamika tells him, you know, somebody's got to represent. Like, it's our case, somebody's got to represent. He's angry because, you know, you don't want to be there. So, like I said, he harasses the strippers because he has to stop at the strip club first. GBI people. And then he goes to the crime scene, pees on the ground, and then walks in. He's kind of just looking around, you know, trying to survey the scene a little bit. And he shines, a, he has a flashlight, and it looks like an image in the shadows. Well, of course, it startles him, so he drops his light. And when he pulls the light back up, the image is gone. Um, They kind of pan to his... So, so that we're facing him and you can see him saying you, he, you hear him say to somebody I'm a police officer what do you want and then he grabs the back of his neck because it sounds like it was like a, a some kind of something hit the back of his neck so he is in very very it's, it's obvious he's in a lot of pain um, he has like now a rash on yeah, the back almost... of his neck even even more than a rash, it's almost like like blisters are popping popping up. Yeah, it's it's bad, and I 
I can't <laughs> I can't feel it, of course, because of the television, but it looks very painful. It, it looks terrible. Shout out to the to the makeup department because it looks awful. It looks horrible. So Jack goes back to the strip club because that's where he goes. That's his safe place. That's his that's his that's where he wants to be. And he's sitting on a um a stool and the security is kind of standing back watching him. They're like, he can't hold his liquor weight. And then he falls off the stool. Well, the owner of the strip club, the guy from that very first episode that, that was talking to Ralph, telling him about Terry, he kind of he walks over to him to like help him up. And then Terry, I'm sorry, not Terry, Jack screams in pain. He's like, whoa, I didn't touch you. I did not touch him. I didn't touch him. <laughs> and he's like, just stop, just make it stop. Just make it stop. And they show us later on that he's now home. And that you can see, like you said, the the redness and the blisters are now on the back of his neck. And he's sitting down with his hands on his knees, repeating, whatever you need me to do, whatever you need me to do. And he's like, whatever you need me to do to make it stop, I'll do it. And that's where the episode ends. So. Yeah, so 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 that, that, that boy gone. Yeah. He's he's done. He's the new Terry. Yeah, he is. So it must have been. The black guy, Martin was first, and then Terry, and now and now Jack. And I say first because I'm thinking of, you know, this this wave of them. Because if okay. Terry went to the hospital, that means he touched whoever because she said daddy had a cut. Mm-hmm. And didn't they say he got into an altercation with, a, with somebody on the staff or a nurse or something like that? I, don't recall. I don't recall that. In the second episode, there was something about him getting into a little scuffle, or like the or the the nurse fell and he tried to help him, and he ended up getting a That's cut. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah, the the nurse fell and he tried to help him up. Yeah, he ended up getting a cut. So I think right there is where they where it was passed. Now, the qu- the question is, it seems like whoever the the, the faceless person is. Um, they do become a doppelganger, but where is the real person? That was my question. At the time. Because, I mean, were both of them at the hospital at the same time? Was he off that day? So so we, so we know this much. So there at least has to be some type of interaction with, with, with the, the faceless man and, and I guess the, the, the host that the- he's... Yeah, there has to be some interaction. So we we don't know why yet, but basically he has taken the form of these people to commit murders. Why? We don't know. That's the biggest question. But because he is faceless, he's just taking the form of other people to commit these crimes. And then the other people are, are getting on the hook for it. And wouldn't he and if if. If what is happening to Jack is the process, they would have noticed that with Terry, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, like, so going back to that cut, like, okay, was it really a cut? Right. And if it was, why wasn't it as painful as whatever Jack is going through? Right. Or did he just handle it better? Because it, it, because Jack's a quote, you know, tough guy. He's he is the definition of toxic masculinity. So. If anybody's gonna take it like a G, it'll be Jack. 
right. met him, like it had to be rather painful for him to allow people to see him that vulnerable and like, oh, please don't touch it. Like whatever, whatever, just to make it stop, please. It has to be terrible. So I'm wondering if, if Terry, unless he did have those symptoms and Glory's just not telling us because, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think I think I think the secret it lies with the daughter. Like the daughter probably knows more details that we don't yet. And that's why the man's talking to her. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. I don't know. So what? <clears throat> excuse me. So what does if the fate if the man wants? Why does he want him to? Well, I guess he wants him to stop because the the person is just taking the form of whoever, and then that person gets arrested or gets takes the fall for the crime and then he just continues he gets to keep doing excuse me whatever it is but if they stop an asshole like if you're gonna commit your murders (laughs) like don't don't give me you know don't get me hemmed up like just 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 commit your murders and go about your business don't you know don't implicate me as well post your murders and go right yeah, so, and the other thing that we were talking about, I know that it's a thing, but the fact that Stephen King loves killing children, it's weird. Like yeah, it's, it's weird, and, and, weird. and yeah, we, we kind of talked about this off air, like, I, like, over time, my tolerance is going, growing increasingly low for, like, the, the child murder trope, also, also the dead girl trope, like, that was a, that was a, definitely a thing in, like, most detective shows, like, there's always a dead girl, what are dead children and you know let's just move away from that a dead girl or a missing girl always right. yeah and it's all like you said it's always a girl like it's a dead girl a missing girl or dead children i don't know maybe they feel like that's those are the most vulnerable people which you know whatever yeah but, but yeah. it's overused to the point where it's a cliche at this moment i agree i agree 100 yeah. what are your thoughts for going forward what do you think is going to happen <laughs> I have no earthly idea. Um, good thing though, right? Yeah, that's a good thing. And I know we'll say this, like, um, it, it's it's a good thing to be in a place where you're like, I don't know where the hell this is going, but I'm still along for the ride. And just watching this show, like, I, I'm, I'm very confident that we don't know what to expect yet. And I just like, yeah, I, I will say I truly like, watching this show and i feel like the best moments are like still to come i think we got some good acting too ralph um oh yeah I mean, yeah ben ben middleson is like yeah, great yeah. like this is a middleson so yeah yeah this is like, kind of like a quiet role for him like he's kind of like you know because he's typically like the, the the bad guy but he's kind of like chill on this so so yeah this is different from what i've seen from him but i'm i'm liking it i like it a lot and it's like nobody's overacting um Holly. Not even, not even Cynthia, because yeah. that that could have gone wrong. Like, could've. yeah, <laughs> that could have gone wrong in so many ways. I think she's doing a good job. I think it. I think the the autism character, like you said, or somebody on the spectrum, they always have a certain type of of way they're portrayed. So that, like you said, that's that's getting cliche also. But for this, I think it works. Yeah, me too. Because she's very detail oriented, like very, 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 and I like that she, I like that she drinks, and I know that's that's silly, but still, I like that she drinks. I like, I like that she still can hold conversations. I like that she, um, can recognize other people 
because a lot of time people that are on a spectrum in TV, they're very self-centered. Right. And they don't they don't take a they don't they don't do anything. The only thing that she did was that was rude was she said, You're in my seat. And even with that, she's like, You're fine where you are, but uh, but you're in my seat. Like <laughs> but you Yeah, yeah, just get out of my seat. You're not yeah. wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. You have a right to sit there, but it's my seat. So eh. And I kind of like that that's that's that was in there because she's in a way recognizing that I don't have the authority to tell somebody to move. This isn't this isn't necessarily my seat. I don't own it, but it's still mine because that's how my mind works. And I thought I thought that was kind of cool how they how they incorporated those two things. Mm-hmm. And just they're they're doing a good job not making her an asshole because they could have. They, they easily it easily could have went wrong. Yeah, but she's doing a good job. Yeah, they didn't make a show. So I think Glory's gonna give us a little bit more. I don't I don't know how much. Actually I don't think she is. I think the child might, if anything. But the man has already said he won't stay there anymore. Uh do you think he's gonna visit Ralph? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> most definitely. I am inevitable. Cause because um, Ralph had one job and he's going against the wishes of the man. So he's definitely gonna come see him, man. And and think about this. If if the man is now taking the shape of Jack, just imagine how crazy that's gonna be. Because mm, Jack is already like, and I think that's the other thing. If if Jack does something or the man does something under the guise of Jack, how many people are gonna be like, nah, that wasn't Jack? They'll probably be like, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah they'll be like, Jack, quit playing, man. Right quit up, playing. right up his alley. That sounds like Jack to me. So I don't know. Yeah, Jack there, did that. Yeah. There's a lot of there. There are a lot of people. That could be affected. I think it's going to. I think it's going to end with Ralph, of course, one way or the other. Either it's going yeah. to be like Fallen, and the faceless man wins in the end, or Ralph's going to figure out a way to beat it, or explain. But that's the thing. Like, how do you explain the unexplainable? Is he just going to accept it? He has no tolerance for it, but he has to if he wants. We'll to say it. this. G- given about what we know about basically the author of this source material and the writer of this show, I'm not expecting a happy ending because with, with Stephen King, stuff <laughs> happens, shit happens, and and, 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 and and that's it. Like, it's it's you're just dead, and that's it. And with Richard Price, like, like for instance, take the night off, like, the, the character goes through an experience and they never recover from that. So... Don't expect don't expect the good the good guys to win in this one. Like I I certainly don't. I hadn't even considered that. I know we're 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 off topic, but you're completely right. The night of ends with him out of prison, but there is no way that is in no way a happy ending. None at all. Right. It's still not a. It's not. I hadn't even like I hadn't registered in my brain that it's not because his life will never be the same. Exactly. He didn't even get to process or grieve the child, the, the girl's murder. Like he, he met this girl, he liked her, and then she died. Mm-hmm. He went straight to jail, straight to Rikers. No grief counseling. <laughs> no, right, just... that's crazy. But anyway, I think that we picked a good one. Still, I'm still all in. Um, I think however it ends is going to be worth it. I guess in a way, even if it's the end is not what I expected to be. I don't think I'm gonna regret watching it. I don't think I say that, but then I think about the leftovers and lost. So yeah. yeah I feel like the faces, man, being off. 
And it's going to be um, Purple Wayne Hayes. And then I would have got away with it. Um, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Yeah, if it wasn't for you kids. That's what he going to tell Jess at the end. I would have got away with it. Got away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One big episode of Scooby Doo. I'm with it. Well, that's it. That's all I have. You have anything else? Um, just want to say, um, this podcast is now available on all streaming platforms. Spotify. From Spotify to iTunes to Google Podcasts, if anybody uses that, cool. to Anchor. Anchor. So, um, thanks for listening to our previous episode, and thanks for listening to this, because certainly you are. We know you are. We know you um, are. So yeah, just 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 follow us, you know, give us some likes, tell us what you feel about the podcast so far, and you know, we'll keep working to improve and yada rate, yada yada. Rate it some stars, five if you if you're feeling spicy. Yeah, yeah, five if you if you if you're feeling if you're feeling frisky, you know, five stars. Wearcrowns.com, get you some merch, and until next time, thank you for listening. God bless. Peace. Peace.